0: Hi, I'm Joanne Fries, CEO of Candente Copper Corp. We have a large copper project in northern Peru. We're listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange and also the BVL, which is the Lima Stock Exchange.
1: Hello, how are you? And welcome to London. Well, thank you very much. You've been attending the one-to-one conference? have you? Yes. How was that? It was excellent.
0: They organized it very well. And the booths were great that you could sit at your own space and people would, you'd have all your meetings, but also other people would come and find you. Yeah, just
1: just walking by, sort of opportunistically. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite a nice one. And what sort of investors are we seeing?
0: Sort of institutional or family offices? Both, yeah, right. and and some mining companies, but mostly, yeah, institutional right. and, and some people they are doing off-take, getting into debt, that sort of thing, yeah, as well.
1: Right, well, that, that might be an interesting part of the conversation we're about to have in a second. Um, copper, clearly very topical, thematic, pretty well understood, marching into um, infrastructure rebels and EV thematics. Um, say, so you're, you're obviously very popular. What were the kind of questions that people are asking um, of you at the conference in terms of these investors? What, what do they I need to I think the see? biggest
0: one is timeline to production. Right. Okay. And then just what are the next steps? Right. And
1: yeah, why are we so undervalued? <laughs> well, isn't it? well there's, it's funny, isn't it? The market's quite a strange place at the moment. Met, I mean, copper price was at 4.30-ish today. Um, great. Been a great run for 18 months.
0: Equity is not so much. What's going on? Well, the first of all, the world's turning upside down right now. Mm. Nobody knows where to where where to think the next, you know, place to make money is. Mm. Although I heard on Bloomberg radio last week just before I flew over here, I lo- I re- a phrase I really like. Um, basically right now in the current markets, there's nowhere to hide unless you're in commodities. Yeah. Which in other times when, you know, Text falling out of the sky, and, and lots of things that are based on a lot of concepts mm. or ideas. Or, um, you know, we still have the copper in the ground, gold mines still have the gold in the ground. So, you know, it'll change what what's, um, a certain aspects of that, but, but the basic core of what our companies are based on still it, there. That's a great line, isn't it?
1: Because it's, it's, it's kind of like getting back to fundamentals, getting back to basics in, in a way. And I think obviously metals markets hopefully can deliver into that and uh, maybe this, we're in a sort of temporary uh, dip at the moment. So look, 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 I want to talk about um, your project. It's a big project. So want do remind people of some of the numbers out of the PEA?
0: Sure. So the resource now on the Canyoaco project, which is in Lambayeque of, of Northern Peru, we have three porphyry targets: one, Canyacu Norte. We've done most of our work; it's all drilled off, and yep. we've just finished a, an updated PEA, new PEA. Canyacu Sur has 15 holes; it also has a resource. Cabrada mm. Verde, no drill holes yet, but yeah. Yeah. from surface looks the same. So, if you add Canyacu Norte and Canyacu Sur together, we've got 14 billion pounds of copper, 4 million ounces mm. gold, 92 million ounces silver, and some molly. Mm -hmm. Our earlier work from 2011 to 2014, where we did, we were in pre-feasibility, we moved into feasibility, um, did about half of it and then shut things down because Mm -hmm. nobody cared by 2014 what was Mm -hmm. going on in the market and equities. Um, In any event, at that time, we looked at 95,000 ton per day throughput, um, added a roaster for arsenic because we had a little bit of arsenic Mm -hmm. and roaster cleans it up. And um, just a standard, I'm going to say, typical mine plan yeah. and infrastructure. Over time, what we realized is that we didn't need, we probably shouldn't need the roaster because our arsenic was estimated one to one and a half percent instead of the four percent that Codelco built the roaster for. Right. Um, we also, I just wanted to see if we could improve the project, have a lower capex because Peruvian pension funds can potentially do half of a $1 billion CapEx. Mm-hmm. So it was our goal was to get a CapEx of a billion. We managed mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to get, not use wet tailings. Right. And it is more expensive to use dry stack. But again, Osenko's work, we managed to get rid of what would have been a, a much larger area of, of um, influence because mm-hmm. wet tailings separate from, from your waste, yeah. now it's going to be co-placed, co-mingled and dry, tailings right. and waste. Right. So ESG-wise, a much better For footprint sure. and just operation um, and less cost because you don't need the roaster, less permitting, right. cleaner, and then this lower capex. Now, that doesn't mean the bigger companies wouldn't still or couldn't build this at 95 and even 110,000 tons per day, mm-hmm. which... Okay, then the capex is gonna be two billion, maybe a little more. Um but I don't have the studies to show that. I'm just yeah. estimating based on what we did before. So our new PA, a billion dollar capex at and the, using three fifty copper as the base price, base cost, um then we have also have an NPV of the billion dollars. Mm. Um that's after tax, because pre-tax it's two. Sure. But then at four fifty copper it goes up to one point eight. So price of copper means a lot to, you know, changing the economics, yeah. So the
1: scale of the scale is very attractive to to majors with the balance sheets and access to cheap, you know, capital. For you, what I want want to understand is, clearly, difficult markets for everyone at the moment, across the board, not just mining, like across the board. Yeah, period. It's it's, it's tricky, right? Um, It may be temporary, may take the rest of the issue to get out of it. Who, Who knows, right? Lots of opinion on that. How do you navigate... The, the, the choppy season, and because you've kind of got the Peru discount, I suspect. People are a little bit nervous at what's, what they're seeing um, from the government there. You've kind of got this small market cap companies, 45-50 million market cap, um, with a 1, one billion uh, capex re- requirement. Um, and obviously, just generally, people aren't giving value to the kind of copper companies that we've seen so desperate to find. So. Ha- ha- How do you look forward and how do you deal with that? First of all, let's start with Peru. What's going on?
0: They've got a leader that isn't educated enough or trained enough, capacitated enough Mm. to be running a country. Mm. Um, But he also didn't, didn't do a lot of stupid things that people were, sorry, Harsh things that people thought he might do. Yeah. So he was in a political. He is in a political party that talked about nationalizing the mines. Mm. He never necessarily said that. And when he got into power, he quickly realized that, as Humala did mm. ten, twelve years ago, um, that mining is the engine of growth in in the country. Yeah. And without it, you're not going to have a tax base. So he actually, and he brought in a lot of experts, people that know what they're doing. Uh, mm. Julio Velarde. Um, running the National Bank, Pedro Franke running uh, economics minister, um, economy and finance, and listened to them. Right. So then he realized, oh, wait a minute here. Right. And, and what people started showing is how much the tax base has increased with the price of copper and the price of gold, the price of metals. So he's, he's learned his lesson on that, and, and he hasn't you know been doing anything. Not, nothing's changed. In the mining laws, right. in the uh, taxes to be paid, it's 30% base tax and, and, and a royalty-based, sorry, profit-based royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, hence, as I said, our NPV at 350 goes from two billion before tax and one billion after. So those yeah. taxes are pretty pretty hefty. Um, and by the way, 50% of those taxes goes back to the region. Yeah. And we're oh, okay. the, we're the only big project in Lambayeque. Okay. So all of the other ones near us are in Cajamarca, but you were asking what what Castillo's done. He's basically trying to tread water and stay in power, but it's not going to not going to last that long. So should
1: should investors be nervous about investing into um, Peru? Mm-hmm. Has it stopped?
0: And I guess the second part of that question is: you know, has it stopped foreign direct investment? I was just going to say country? Newmont is just just got the green light on on mining on advancing building their operation that's underneath Yanacocha so Yanacocha mm-hmm. open pit mine 50 million ounces of gold mm-hmm. world's largest open pit gold mine I think yeah. um, underneath that are sulfites right. so copper and they've just um, got the green light to go ahead with that and I, I'm sure it's five hundred million at least. So right. if Newmont's gonna invest big money in Peru, they've got the confidence. And they've been there since the eighties. Right. So it's it's second largest copper producer in the world. And that's not gonna stop.
1: It's, it's kind of interesting, I it, because the, the, like, and have been in South America more broadly for, for, for decades as well. And as a company, I quite often hear this from CEOs, well, it's actually, it's business as usual, right? I know there's a lot of narrative out there, but it's business as usual. Whereas kind of, whether it be retail, family office, high was you know, looking in and getting a little bit nervous around, around the, the politics, it, it, the decision making is a little bit more, cautious so i guess the can i say, say the question again is like do you think they should be or should they follow the lead of what the, what the these majors are doing in country i think they should
0: follow the lead of the majors i mean they're look how many years they've been doing what they're doing and making excellent money for their shareholders yeah
1: i guess it's risk off broadly at the moment anyway so it's a harder environment to, to make those sorts of decisions you know in terms of contrarian investing and the rules don't apply anymore okay so you, so, so that's what's happening in peru with, with the leadership there the next part of the question was the big one which i'm sure you've been asked a lot about the last two days which is how does this thing get financed? because you're probably not going to be the group that gets the production right. so in a very meaningful way yeah. does it matter
0: no when we start a junior company to make discoveries and de-risk them mm. and then build uh, sorry either sell them to others that they can build yeah or or we can build them if it's the kind of capex or the kind of structure we can figure out yeah so the reason we wanted to redo the pea with improved esgs Mm. aspects um and also a lower capex is because proving pension funds can probably do about half of a billion dollar capex and that would be through debt and equity. Mm-hmm. They were a big part of Mina Justa, which was, mm-hmm. is the copper project that Chariot had that Minsor ended up building. And we've already spoken to them. Andres mm-hmm. Mia on our board um, is is a Peruvian financial guy and, mm-hmm. and he's got all the contacts. Um, so they're not ready to finance now when we're not finished feasibility. Everybody needs feasibility before you're doing sure. your debt. Um, but they figure they would be if you know we're launching into feasibility very soon so by the time we're completed it then they figure they'd be ready
1: right so i guess what i'm trying to get at is, is trying to say, uh, uncouple some of these thought processes that maybe retailer having looking in at this is like you don't need to finance it what you need to do is paint a picture or present the data for someone else with you know bigger balance sheet and bigger access to capital say this is a nice size project for us so your market cap is irrelevant in terms of the 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 decision making for retail at the moment. Well, yeah, 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 it is at the moment. So, how do do you drive that share price? How do you get, you know, your I guess predominantly what? And you've got some big players in there, so fortescue Yeah. The retail guys that drive the liquidity and that volatility,
0: and that's what's going to move the share price. So, how do you get that message over to them? Saying like, this is keep de-risking this and get attention from the bigger boys and get institutional shareholders. Okay and make sure everybody understands that I mean we had a 250 million market cap in 2011 2012 yeah thought we were on the way to selling it at 4 to 600 million yeah. like yeah. all my all my buddies did on the their market, projects the market, but the market, market crashed. crashed you yeah. know our, ta- our our permits took longer than we expected or yeah. they should have and um, but that but that was a different market mm. and so we're expecting that kind of market to come back for mm. juniors and discoveries and such but also just if you get competition going from another right. one group wants your project there you go. and you don't have to you know you don't have to sell it at any particular premium you you yeah. you get it and I, so,
1: so i'll ask the question of you which i asked a, a few people um another launch copper project up, up in the canada same situation they have got a major in there 19.9 percent. is it off-putting in terms of getting this competitive attention going is it off-putting or is that that's just because they've got an option to you know either follow the money no they don't have an option they don't. Okay, good news.
0: They had they have the right to participate in any equity financing to remain at 19.9%. Right. Yeah. which means they would do it on the same terms as the other okay. others that are ah, involved. They did have a right of first refusal on debt, royalty or streaming, yeah. but that's expired now.
1: Okay. I okay, can't get Winter Palace, mm,
0: last weekend. <laughs>
1: All of the press folks.
0: <laughs>
1: that's good. But but that's you, know, like you say. It's a really important part of this thing is yeah. to, to engineer this competitive tension. It's not just by getting institutions on, on board. It's about getting industry partners and potential partners to come and say, that's a whole bunch of uh, copper and gold uh, and molly uh, that we, we can get out of the ground. So yeah. how do you do that? Well,
0: we're in discussions. We actually announced a financing with Lind Fund out of New York, and they're already so shareholders. They were one of two term sheets you've got is that right we have more than two okay but i can't give any details okay um but um, so lind offered us money they've actually been offering us money since 2017 mm. their formula is the kind of formula you do when you when you are pretty sure what you are doing or the world is doing is mm. going to give you a rising share price yeah. so if we'd financed with them on this convertible equity Last summer, when we actually did a plain vanilla financing at 12 mm. and a half cents, mm. we did it half with Fortescue, half with Lind. If we'd done the Lind convertible equity formula, then they would have been converting at 20 cents, yeah, because they don't convert anything for you. Get the money, yeah, nothing converts for four months because it's a four month old, yeah, and then they convert 120th of the amount they gave you over each month, okay, over okay. two year period, yeah, so you were going. You know the reason we didn't finance with them in 2017, 18, 19 is because we didn't know where the world was going. We were in a holding pattern, but now you know we did the we did the desktop studies. We did the PEA. um, We're launching into feasibility. We're de-risking in in a booming copper market. Yeah, and so it's a great kind of financing to do in in that that um, situation. Right. So we've announced that. And then because we announced that financing and we were talking to other groups already, but just kind of, okay, yeah. then, then somebody else, you know, offered us. And, and so then we, um, formed a special committee and mm-hmm. hired advisors and, and other people are, are making offers. So because we're, we've, you know, we're going from PEA into feasibility, mm-hmm. which is a jump to some people, but we already did much of a pre-fees and meant a lot of a fees. Right. So. We've got a lot of, like, the MET testing we'll do now is fees level. Okay. And a lot of what we'll do now is fees level. Some of what we'll have to do will be pre-fees level, but it'll merge into a feasibility. That's And, and it's only okay. going to take about eight months. Okay. So that really de-risks things, and that means there will be added value. And then we can start talking talking debt. Or offtake, or all those things,
1: right? So I guess there's a kind of quiet confidence in this because you've, you've done a sort of bridging loan recently for a million bucks with, from a high net worth. I don't need to know who that is. Um, on what was it ten percent um, terms for twelve months, right? 12 yeah. Months? Okay. So that suggests to me one because it's not such a big amount that you've got confidence about the timing of the whatever what this committee uh, needs to decide that it's going to happen relatively quickly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. And so how are you forecast more broadly? Because that's a million bucks.
0: Well, we're fine, but, but, um, you know, I really want to get aggressive and get the MET testing going Mm -hmm. and and feasibility and everything. So MET testing is the next key thing, key aspect of feasibility that we want to get done. Because once we've done that that level, then we can be starting discussing offtake and, you know.
1: Right. So, so just in, I just want to understand strategy, what's going on up, up, up here. You know what you're doing. So, um, those conversations are happening, but once you've sort of agreed what path you're going to go down, would that mean that you possibly come back to market for a little bit more to kind of carry you through until the end of the, that funding or whatever structure it is that you, you come up with, with partners? No,
0: I expect the financing we do out of this, Should this strategic interest to be um, sending us on our way and bringing in that other shareholder we wanted that kind of balances out Fortescue. Okay.
1: Yeah. How does Fortescue Fortescue feel about that?
0: Oh, they're, they're, um, they're mostly just wanting to make sure whoever we're bringing in are good shareholders.
1: Okay. You know, meaning they would prefer you to have a strategic partner or a institutional partner or a, because it's got to work for them, right? We because we, they obviously we saw what sort of happened on in the nickel space with 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 them. It's, it's the quite, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that created competitive not We
0: don't sit around the table with them yeah. and and ask them where they'd like us to get our money. Okay, it's not that kind of. But we do have discussions once. You know, once we've announced things, like, yeah. like we got feedback on the LEND group and such. And, yeah. um, so they certainly have some opinions, and we do have some discussions. Mm-hmm. But as I say, they have a right to participate mm-hmm. on any equity. Well, anything now. They have a right to participate um, at the same terms and stay at 19.9%. Okay. That's what their right is. Okay, yeah. and, they, and they have a person on the board.
1: Yes, yes. Or um what was her background? so I can't remember.
0: Just long-term with Fortescue. Okay. Yeah. She's sort of a country manager or logistic. I don't know. Yeah. She does a lot of social stuff, but also just... Um,
1: Which is not to really be not these days because, crikey, yeah. such a big deal, especially with the the funding component. I mean, because we've got polarizing views when we speak to people about that side of things. Um, the social
0: side. Yeah. So There's no country that you're not going to worry about social aspects. I was, I was yeah. talking to somebody from Norway yesterday. Yeah. And we, it was an interesting discussion because my dad was actually instrumental in, he, he negotiated the first de- oil deal with the Norwegian government in 1976, okay. brought Amoco in. And he was yeah. president of Amoco Norway for about six years, living in Stavanger. And, um, so Norwegians are used to making great money mm. off the coast. Mm. But they don't see any of that now they want to be developing some base metal mines Mm. and people are like no 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 not my backyard and so you know you think it's not just where there's poor people that don't want mines in their backyard it's across the world and and we're i actually one of my comments in some of my explanation of where we are with the copper world um, is covid Mm-hmm. Covid made people realize everybody has a right to see a doctor, get that vaccine if they mm-hmm. want it, um, an education, mm-hmm. you know, which means they need they need all need internet, they all need electricity. Yes. But it it really showed the social inequality because some people had to go out of their homes to get food, they had to work outside mm-hmm. and expose themselves. Um, so it's a, it's i think it's kind of a, a new world of people caring about each other well, yeah, to some I degree so.
1: i do hope so yeah. because if you want if you want a greener world COP is a big part of that Like i say we all understand the th- the thesis of it but they're not in my backyard mentality perhaps it makes things a little bit difficult. So, and we, we talked a lot about, usually oh, First Nations, and then it became a realization and, and NGOs have a part to play in this. And then there's kind of social license more locally or even regionally in some cases. It, it can stop projects in their, in their tracks. So, I mean, I mean, you talked about some of your programs in, in your PowerPoint, I noticed. I mean, what sort of things are you delivering locally?
0: well it's an agricultural economy yeah. um 48 casarials like little hamlets so groups yeah. of houses yeah. um in there's the upper part middle part and lower part mm. the lower part is um very rich soils mm. lots of coffee lots of fruit middle part some of that and and some more subsistence farming upper part pretty much subsistence farming so That's they cool. we've we've actually had a program to help them grow quinoa and they were growing a lot of potatoes. They we also had a program to help dry mushrooms, has, which has become very famous, Angos de mariwaka, right. and they're sold. To their specialty, right. so they're sold in a lot of um, places. Um, and they just but, needed right, c- ovens to dry right? them. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, they're just at, they're just for food, nutrition, okay, dry. <laughs> nutrition. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, you have to. Find what people want to do. Mm. When uh, we first suggested quinoa, the people weren't used to it, and they actually we had a very interesting meeting with with I can't remember if it was probably around twenty people Mm. in a room, big table, and they said we don't want to grow quinoa. I said, hey, can't I grow quinoa? You you do whatever you want. I'm just helping. You know, trying to introduce your soils can't grow coffee and quinoa sells for more per pound in New York than coffee does. Lipo. So, yeah. you know, maybe you'd like to try it, but yeah. then we had an agriculturist to help them. And, and in the end, um, the quinoa did take off in some places and others, no, okay. but doesn't matter. You're just trying to help them have a better life through the farming they want to do right? and have
1: the space to do it. And- but like you say, you can't walk in and say, you must do this or you should do this. You've got
0: to work no. collaboratively. <laughs> we have um, a commitment on our, on our agreement for surface rights um, from before mm-hmm. and that we were, we'll duplicate and make some modifications. But it was 1.5 million soles over three years. Mm-hmm. And the people that decide where that money goes, mm-hmm. it's a committee. Committee of administration. Three people from the community. So one from the high part, the middle part, and the low part. Two people from our company. And then it was somebody from a university. Now it's, it's the camera, the chamber of commerce. Right. Um, in Chiclayo that can help them meet more people, um, with businesses. But it's, it's sustainable development projects or right. shared value projects. So, right. But it can be education. It can be moving towards electrification. It can be whatever they need. Yeah. And yeah. and this team um, committee decides.
1: So is your market. message to shareholders, anyone looking in at projects like this, more broadly, wherever they want to invest their money, is like, if you don't do stuff like that, your project is likely to, or more likely to fall over locally, or be blocked locally? Or do you think, actually,
0: we could probably just kill ourselves to ourselves, and it'll, be, it'll run the same way? Oh no, you you have to be doing that, right. and you have to be very careful that you're not, that your money is going into projects that yeah. benefit as many people as possible, and not, and that's one, been the problem, person, is it's, it's yeah. easier just to write a check to one person, yeah. but that solves nothing. Well, that's very unethical, but, you yeah. know, it's just people seem to think, Anyway, whatever. When that happens, Trick, it's- trickle down economics doesn't work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, well, let, let's let, let's kind of get for your shareholders sort of look look to the future, right? Is because like I say, you're you're going through a kind of rapid delivery process over the next eight months, right? You, yeah. Those conversations are happening. This uh, is what people want to hear. What do you, what would you point them at as moments for growth? Like I say, market's been hit. Market cap is what it is. Share price is where it is. What what does that growth profile look like going forward and what are things that are gonna drive that?
0: Well we're launching into feasibility and as I say, the first and, and most significant part of that is the Met testing, fees level MET testing. And that core is already drilled. Yep. So it's sitting at the lab. Right. So go. Okay. we just decide what we're doing on our financing and we're funded for that testing, get get that in the I think it's about six months to get mm-hmm. that done. Mm-hmm. And then um, other aspects of feasibility, make sure we understand, especially the newer concept, co-mingling yeah. um, of tailings and waste, um, and a few other things. In any case, get that timeline going and then we can also start our ESIA which is mm-hmm. you know environment social impact mm-hmm. and that's a detailed and what that means is it's for an operation right. so we've done lots of ESIA that's for right. drilling permits mm-hmm. but we'll go forward and and that can only get started once your feasibility is in gone far enough to know details technical right. details right. and that you engage with Senasse and they do it with us so instead of being an environmental authority that just you, you spend a year or two doing all your studies and then you hand them this, so
1: your homework, yeah.
0: you know, and they have to spend yeah. another year yeah. reading it. They do it with you. Now right. they will say, well, we want you to do this versus this, and, okay. but you work with them. Now it's about a year and a half for that. Okay, But that includes the first 20 permits. Out of how many? Probably a hundred or right, okay. maybe a
1: few more. It, it, so the ball's rolling. It's collaborative. So you can, everyone knows where they are at any one moment of that that exercise. Because because like when you set it's, it's a year and a half, you may not want to be around in a year and a half.
0: Doesn't matter. The the
1: project. It's no, fine. It's the good. project. I'm saying it started. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is all attached to the project, not the company. Any buyer coming in is going to say, "I want to know that process has started." That's exactly. brilliant. Okay, fine. Because
0: that's part of your timeline to production. Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. No. So, what are the other kind of moments that we're looking forward? If, if we maybe take the next sort of six, six months nine months, whatever whatever you want to do, because because these are kind of baby steps or pl- little, you know, s- s- um, what do you call it? What do you call them? Like step up moments in in what you're trying to do to deliver this deliverables picture, where someone goes, "That's enough for me to work on. That's that's good enough for me to take it from here." Thank you very much. So, what are, what are the other things that you think you need to slot for in terms of the financing it and doing it well
0: be the new cost estimate but right. the question is when do you do that because yeah. things are pretty volatile right now so no one wants to do I those. don't think you're I don't think we're in a big hurry to do that we know it's right. a very economic project yeah and um But that will have to be done. And you're, of course,
1: referring to the fact that inflation driven by supply chain issues and rising costs across the board. Right. People aren't rushing into that. Do you think it's transitory? And there's a conversation for like three, four months ago. Is it transitory? Will costs come back to a more reasonable level? You think we are where we are?
0: Well, if they don't, copper's going a lot higher.
1: I guess net, net, it's all fine. So. Right. Answers that question. Okay, so trying, you, you, the, the, those are the moments people should be looking for, and you, people should judge you <laughs> so, on.
0: So, in addition to that, we are also applying for drilling permits at Canyon Sewer and Cape right. Verde, yeah. which would be more re- resource you know, exploration. So, it's a discovery yeah. and expansion of the resource at Canyon mm-hmm. Aqua
1: Yeah,
0: Would you package the Norte and Sewer together? Yes, the plant will actually be now right beside Sewer. Right. And so, we would mine Norte first. Right. But what it is, is, is the deposits here, crusher down here, yeah. and then, um, and, and some trucking of waste to okay. the new co-mingled facility. Okay. But it's going to be conveyed up to right. the plant that's right beside sewer. Okay. And then co- everything would go over to the co-mingled. So there's, and sewer has, a lower grade of copper, but more gold right. and some molly, right. and much less, like virtually no arsenic. Yeah. So whether Norte with the PEA right now is standalone, we the right. economics of it are yeah, all yeah. by itself, yeah. but using that layout, so the, but add sewer into that, right. and you're just you're either going to have a longer mine life or you're going to change up some of your economics.
1: Right, So whether you're gold equivalent or uh, copper equivalent, um, that's been lumped in together. Would that be... Would that be bought as like sorry? Is someone coming and buying the company, or they, is it a pro- project? Whatever they want to do. Okay, don't mind. Okay, I'm just thinking of all the other kind of exploration upside. So no point. It's big enough.
0: Yeah, we at one point um, did a did a half percent NSR, and we wanted it to be restricted to Norte, but they insisted it be all together. And, right. and to be honest, the economics of the project are they're too close together to to yeah. start separating them, and that's okay. Land
1: becomes a premium at that point, doesn't it? Yeah. But okay. Joanne, thank you very much for your time today. I really enjoyed that learning your story, um, hearing how you are moving it forward. Um, Stay in touch, let us know how you get on, okay? Okay, sounds good.